You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Comic Life. My name is Jeff. And I'm Sam. Yeah, you had to think about your own name there for a second, Actually, Sam. Actually, I was burping right into the microphone. Yeah, you Yeah, you and I, we've, we've kind of been hanging out all day, and we had a long day. And uh, a very adventurous. Yeah, day. it was a great day. We're gonna tell you all about it because it was our little. It was it was Jeff and Sam's nerd outing today. But uh, to finish the day off, we stopped and uh, got some beer. And you got this. This, yeah, like when you brought it in the car, <laughs> and I saw the packaging. I was like, Sam, you bought this beer simply based on the packaging. And luckily, and and you you fully admitted it. <laughs> yeah, I'll admit to it. I it's mean, it's called Devil's Backbone. It's brewed in Blanco, Texas. Blanco. Blanco. Dude, I got a C in Spanish through all throughout high school. I didn't even finish Spanish. You, you, it was a requirement. Sam and I went to high school together, so I know you had to. I had to do three years of Spanish. I took I took computer courses and substituted it as a, a binary code as a foreign language. What the fuck? Are you serious? That was an option? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had to cheat my way through three years of Spanish. Oh, I took three years of computer classes. The worst part is I cheated three years through Spanish and I still got C's because like I was like, well, I can't copy directly. So I just I got to change some things and get some things wrong on purpose. And when it was test time, and I can still do Spanish better than you. I know. And it will. Yeah. Pronounce Spanish. Yeah. Blanco. But so I'm a little nervous because it says real ale. Not a huge fan of ales. Belgian style. triple Triple. Hops. That's all. Ale. It, uh, see, that's why I don't like Sam Adams beers because I'm not a big hops guy. Is like I. Then you're gonna love this. Oh shit! All right, let's try this. <laughs> I can't wait to see your reaction. Yeah, tastes like a boot. I'm gonna save that for Joel <laughs> from uh, the editing bay because he likes all these like weird fucking crafty beers. Oh my god, Sam, this is why you don't buy beer based on the, the logo. On the, the logo. Uh, it's either that or you know just normal beer, and I decided to think yeah. outside the box. Marketing departments love you because you're the type of person that's like, ah, oh, that's pretty. I'm gonna buy it. Like you, I'm just like, it's got a pretty cover on it. Yeah, I'm gonna drink it since I opened it. I'm gonna drink mine too, but I I, I got the same reaction you do. But I will tell you this much: is yeah, I'm saving this for Joel. I'm big I'm not dude, the, man, take it all. I'm not. I'm not saying that this company makes bad beer. I'm just saying I'm just not this huge- particular one. Yeah, I'm just not saying I'm a huge fan of hoppy beer. Right. If you're a fan of us, be sure to check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash My Comic Life Podcast, or just search for My Comic Life in the Facebook search bar. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at My Comic underscore Life. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the ways to, to get in contact with us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NWR Jeff. Uh, Sam, do you want to give out your Twitter? I've actually been telling people wrong. I've been like, it's at Samuel T, but it's... Oh, it's God, are you serious, Sam? My Twitter handle is Sam T. Ballard. Sam, are you serious? Yeah, that's what I know. Telling people the wrong information all this time. So Sam T. Ballard... Fuck, I can't even say your last name. Ballard. Yeah. All right, so that's how you get in contact with us. Uh, all right, as, as we said a mere two minutes ago... Uh, Sam and I had a nerd outing today. We 
Uh, we met up and we went down and we went and visited a place we talked to a, a lot on this show, but we've actually never been there before today. We went down to Duncanville Bookstore and I got to say, it feels good to have a comic book store that I can call home again because there was one close to where I used to live and I never really called it my comic book shop. I just went in there because of convenience and I also didn't know Duncanville was existing at that time you know i just didn't know about it and but i never had good experiences there i'm not even going to say the name of the shop because you know even though it's bad publicity there's you know that you know the saying there's no such thing so sam and i went down to duncanville bookstore and i gotta say i was blown away i'd never been in a comic book shop like this because the it's not store just store was huge yeah it's not just a comic book shop is there's so much more to it there's games, there's it is, I mean, There's a reason why they're called uh, Duncanville uh, Bookstore. It's because they have, they actually have a book selection. And that really surprised me. Is, you know, it's like, I thought I'd go in there and be like, oh, there's like one or two Star Wars books or, you know, this or that, miscellaneous. No, they have a whole room dedicated to books. Nerd books. Uh, right. Sci-fi. Well, no, is is no is they have those, and they also have other books. Is you know is, and what's great is all their books are really cheap. Is you know because they're brought in like customers, right? They're brought in by customers like you, right? They're they're secondhand books, which means that they can pass the savings on to you, and that's exactly what. But they the do. store is, I would say, ninety percent comic books, games, and yeah. Now, like that was boys. one that was one thing that I really geeked out about when we went in the store and we went over and I saw the selection of board games because you, we haven't really talked about it much on this show. But I'm a huge board game fan. Yeah, I totally found out Jeff is a nerd on board games. Now, like I will admit, I, I have no shame in this. I've I haven't played. I've never played a game of D and D. I, I do listen to a podcast that that's all they do is play D and D. You've never, rolled but I've the... actually never played a game of D and D because I can't find it. I, I could never find. Growing up, none of my friends were into that. You've you, never rolled the dodecahedron. No, I haven't. I haven't. Is that the twenty side die? <laughs> it's the it's the dice you use to play. Well, but there are multiple dice. Yeah. Is you have a twenty side dice, a six sided dice, I think an eight sided dice. I think it's the eight sided. Wait, what was it called? Dodecahedron. Oh, I thought it was like something that might have like the name in it, but a uh, number, but created by Gary Gygax. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Wow. Really. But so, anyways. But but so I've even never even played, and I know all this. Wow. But and, thank you, future. And by the way, they did have uh, copies of Dungeons and Dragons there. I, I did see them, but. So, but so even though I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, is I'm still a really big board game fan. Is you know, Sam and I were looking at the games, and I was like, Sam, they got Settlers of Catan, and you're like, what? Never heard of it. I was like, Jesus, Sam, they got Munchkin. Never heard of it. Are you kidding me? They have a lot of role playing games. Like I was surprised they have the Battlestar Galactica game, which I've heard really good things about. Uh, they also have uh, Risk, which is another one of my favorites. But it's not just Risk. It's Walking Dead Risk. So I was really tempted to pick that one up. I was really tempted to pick up uh, to pick up Settlers, too. But I was happy that I like I just forced myself. Jeff my... was tempted to pick up half the store. I know. I know. While, while you were talking with Brian, like I would kind of wander off and be like, oh, my God, look at all these games. Like I, So I picked up Munchkin, and I picked up uh, one of the, uh, the Monty Python version of Flux. 
So real happy with that. And then like the other thing is, you know, a, uh, a little while ago, I was talking about how I wanted to go back and read some back issues of Deadpool. And Brian had posted on our Facebook page that uh, that he's like, oh, yeah, we, we have a backlog collection. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, everyone does. No, they do. They had uh, just so many. They had co- they had Deadpool comics from the newest issue all the way back to 97. It was ridiculous. The they number had two boxes full of Deadpool comic books. It was starting rid- at ninety seven. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And then uh, the other thing I was talking with Brian about, I was, I was like, you know, look, I'm jumping on Deadpool with Posehn and Duggan. I would like to read some backstory and like some uh, origin stories of Deadpool. And right away, just was like, okay, here's what we got. This is where you want to start. Very helpful. And even before, like, we got there before Brian did. And I forget the guy's name that was behind the counter. I feel really bad. But he was also very helpful even before he knew that like, we were here with the podcast. And I can admit, even I, I walked up to Brian and was like, hey, listen, I totally blanking on the name of this superhero title. And like I, I, I described it for him. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's Buzzkill right over here. Let me show you. Yeah, I got to say, I'm really happy that I got paid today because it went a little crazy. And I went, I went on a nerd shopping spree, and I'm real happy with every single one of my purchases. Got yeah. a Deadpool uh, piggy bank. Got some uh, Deadpool uh, beer mugs or uh, glasses. I don't, I don't really think they're beer mugs, but and yeah, I had to, I had to borrow against my Comic Con fund to fund today's little outing. Right, but what, totally worth it. When, totally worth it. Is Com- Comic Con is July 28th. Okay, so we got to start. We're going to do a little series uh, prepping. Sam, Sam's going with one of our old friends. Uh, do, do Johnny. Think, yeah, Johnny. Oh, wait. Bef- before, before we move on to that, uh, I just want to say this. is I know we just talked up Duncanville Bookstore, and, you, and if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, oh, well, they're sponsoring the show. They're paying you to say that. I can honestly tell you 100% they have not given us any money to say what we just said? No bullshit. Is yeah. Is 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 the reason why Sam and I are talk so much about it is because they have been so supportive of us. And when we went in there and we talked with them today, we, you I don't, great I don't, store, friendly right. customer service, wonderful selection, right? Very nice people. Well, they don't make you feel like an idiot if you ask a question. Yes, that was a huge issue they for are, me. They aren't just like oh. You're not that type right. of nerd. Right. Well, you don't belong in our store. Right. And, and like I said, they are not paying us to say these things. The reason why Sam and I are saying these things is because we believe in this story. We experienced it firsthand. And, right. You know, if, if, if we went in there today and they were rude to us and they treated us like shit, we would be on here saying like, yeah, they treated us like shit. But that was not the case. They treated us like royalty. And, like, and, and even when we were in there, as some other customers came in, and those customers were treated like royalty. It was just a great shop. So if you live in the DFW area, definitely. stop by the Duncanville bookstore. Definitely, definitely. You and, won't regret it. No, and and once again, they're not paying us. Is we're saying this because this is what we believe. And just as much as they have helped and support us through helping us spread the word, we want to do the same for them. So that is why we talk so much about them, is because they are great people over there. So um so yeah, that's 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 all I really got to say about that. Now, uh, back to back to what we were just talking about is so Sam, you're going to San Diego Comic Con this year for the first time. Time to get on a diet. So and 
I got I got to get in shape for some cosplays I want to do. Sam, I'm pretty sure you're going to probably be, be I'm not just trying to boost your <laughs> ego here, but I have a feeling you're going to be one of the more attractive guys there. I don't know, man. I've seen some I've seen some cosplay videos like from my Comic-Con. There's some there's some not so bad looking fellas there. Not that that's who I'm going after. I'm going for the ladies. Yeah, it's just Sam, you're you're looking at the guys and you're like competition, sizing up the competition. Yeah, man, I'm sizing the competition. Right. I'm like, and I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta hit the weights and run a little bit. Right, but so what I'm excited about is even though I can't go, I'm still gonna give you a list of things to be like. I will pay you back. This is my <laughs> this is my this is my price limit on this. This is my price limit on this. But I will pay you back. Uh, but uh, so here, ramping up to the Comic Con, uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to work out getting our friend Johnny, who's down in Austin, on uh, on the show through Skype, and hopefully do a couple, one or two episodes of prepping for Comic Con, because because like Sam, I've known you long enough where I know you're really excited about going to it, but at the same time, I also know you're really nervous. Not nervous like not nervous that something bad's going to happen, but nervous that like you're going to miss something and, and you know, because you- I'm just afraid I'm going to stand there in like the center of like the hall which is like a dumb grin on my face just turning around in a circle. Yeah. For like an entire hour before I realize, "Oh shit." I've lost an hour just smiling at billboards. Yeah, yeah, and like people are around you, like, dude, what's that dude's problem? Like, he's is that, just is standing that, there. Is he is he drooling out of his mouth? Yeah, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so so, but but also is is you is comic is San Diego Comic Con. It's not like you know fan days or sci fi expo that we have here in Dallas. You know, it's bigger. You need a game plan. You know, it's it's almost people like, come from all over the world to come right, to this con, right? So you need to know is like we got to get blueprints, we got to get the layouts of the of the tables, panel times. We got you know we got to make sure that your Dude, experience is good I'm because because I'm, I'm go buy camping gear and camp outside of Hall H, It's where they do. You don't know what Hall H is. I, I I've never really invested a whole lot in researching San Diego Comic Con. <sighs> Because I know it's just going to upset me because I can't go. So like, all H is where they do all is where like Marvel and DC will hold their panels. Probably we'll, we'll get some first footage of maybe Justice or Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. No, no, you can call it the Justice League. The movie. Justice League. That's, movie. A, that's exactly what it is. In fact, there's some news coming out of the Batman versus Superman camp. Oh. And for once, Sam and I always butt heads on issues. But for once, the stars are aligning, and Sam and I are both like, what the fuck are they thinking? I haven't felt righteous fury about a comic book movie in a while, but this just kind of set me off. Right, so, and if you were a fan on our Facebook page, you could read the story of, uh, of what we're about to talk about. But for the Batman vs. Superman movie, they are, it's no secret, they are ramping this up to be a launching point for the Justice League movie. So this means that they are incorporating so many DC characters into this movie. And one of the characters they are incorporating into the movie is Aquaman. First off, and I know I know because in the past we've gotten some backlash from it. I know so I, I know some I know people listening are fans of Aquaman. I like Arthur Curry. <sighs> Yeah, that, that's my feeling about Aquaman. Yeah, zombie sharks. I have to keep going back to this. Yeah. He he resurrected zombie sharks. Yeah. So, he, when was the last time you resurrected a dead fish? 
Here's a better question. When was the last time I was in the ocean? Guess what? 14 years ago. So, so Aquaman, I already have him beat because I'm not in the I'm not in the ocean. Take him out of the ocean. I guess if we go to an aquarium, he he could do some damage. You think in a one on one fight in your let's just put it out in the parking lot outside where where we record, you could beat down Aquaman. Yeah, take the shitty beer bottle that we have, break it, and just start stabbing. Uh, prison style. Sneak up from behind. Dear God, I wish Aquaman was real. I would pay I would pay legitimate money to see this fight. What's he going to do? Get my neighbor's goldfish to attack me? You do realize that he is trained in hand-to-hand combat. <sighs> and he carries around a giant fucking triton wherever he goes. Yeah, okay, let's talk about that. So Aquaman is out in the middle of the parking lot of my apartment complex where we record. You don't think someone's going to call the cops and be like, there's a dude out here with a trident, and he's just he just doesn't, you know, he's out of place. Can someone come check this out? No, you want to know why? Oh, why, Sam? Because you don't fuck with Aquaman. Anyways, I think they could have put a better, a, a more popular... Uh, character in there, but whatever. But so, anyways, uh, Aquaman is going to be in the Batman vs Superman movie, and Sam, who is the actor that is playing Aquaman, and what would we know him from? I don't have his name in front of me, Jeff. Jesus, you knew it in the car ride down to the bookstore. No, but the actor portraying Hold him played on. played Khal Drogo, leader of the Dalton. Look at this. I'm typing Game of Thrones season one. He was also in the Conan movie remake. And yes, that actor, he's going to be playing Aquaman. I would just like, okay, I typed in Aqua in Google. Here are the top three searches for Aqua. This is how unpopular Aquaman is. Aqua Tots, Aqua Kids, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I can't, oh, maybe it's because I put a space after Aqua and it's all together. Good God, Aquaman's one word. Jason Ma... I'm just going to let you read that so I don't butcher that. <laughs> Jason something or another? Jason Moma? Moma. He, yeah, as Sam said, he was in uh, Game of... He's probably best known for being in Game of Thrones. He was... Um, Call Drogo. Call, yeah, that dude. Leader of the Dothraki. Yes, leader of the Dothraki that... Uh, that basically ripped dude with long, dark hair and a ponytail. Who is still alive in the Game of Thrones universe, mind you, who is just perched up on a rock somewhere overlooking the ocean. Because, do you remember, in the first season, uh, he gets killed and she goes and uh, visits the witch doctor and she brings him back to life and she gives him life, but, like... She, uh, but it's not like a fulfilling life. Like he's he's alive, but he's, uh, you know, immobile and like can't talk or do anything. You don't remember that? No. Yeah, that's first. That was the episode where she ate the horse heart. Oh yeah, and she sacrificed her son. Right. So, anyways, so he's gonna be playing Aquaman now. I'm not saying the guy's a bad actor. No, I no, like him a none lot. None of us are saying that. And I just don't think he's a good choice for Aquaman. No, uh, and by the way, this says that he's in the Man of St- uh, Steel uh, sequel as well. Not well, just not Man j- of Steel sequel is going to be Batman Superman. Dawn is it of Justice? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. I got no- I got nothing else. Uh, I I, did- just, I didn't realize that. I thought it was a separate uh, series. I just feel there are better actors to play this role. Well, okay. 
or well, Let, one let's, that looks... let's look at this. When Aquaman, he is part of. <laughs> I've been making racial jokes about it all day, and now like I'm afraid to. But let's face it, Aquaman is part of the master race, according to Hitler. Blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, he is everything he. Uh, which by go down that road. Which by the way, I think is also. I think there's an underlying storyline that maybe we're not picking up on in Aquaman comics. Maybe the creator of Aquaman has some skeletons in his closet. You know. Maybe creator of Aquaman created a California surfer dude because he lives in the ocean. See, that's the other thing, man. He's a surfer and he's a superhero. He's not a surfer. You just said he was. I said maybe he created the character type to look like a California surfer. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Or Kindle. Look, but but here's the point. This is a, I, in my opinion, and I think Sam, you share the same opinion. This is a really bad casting call. Aquaman's gonna be more jacked than Batman. Exactly. Is, when he stands is, next is, to him. is is first of all is is Aquaman? Despite all the shit I just talked about him, you know, when you get down to brass tacks, Aquaman is not the most buff dude in the world. I mean, he he's he's average. You know, yeah, I would have got a six pack and is in good shape because all he does is swim, but he is not like built like a warrior. You know, he doesn't, his arms aren't as big as like, you know, people's heads. All right. That, that's, that's not Aquaman. Is when, when you and I were at the bookstore and we were seeing all the action figures, did, did you see an Aquaman that looked anything like the way uh, this guy's uh, b- body type is basically Jason Morma Moma Moma looks like Hercules and yes. Aqu- Aquaman's built right, but not that built. I mean, like this would essentially be like, oh, why don't we just cast The Rock as yeah uh, as as Aquaman? Like that's the same thing. They have a similar build type. Yeah, that's not the way. That's not the way that uh, that Aquaman is. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And, and like you said, yeah, man, is this guy is bigger than Ben Affleck. He's going to be a bigger buffer than... Almost Superman is. Th- than Superman and Batman. And those are the two leading dudes in the movie. And then, like, your side character who, you know, is is going to be bigger and look tougher, at least. Are they going to try to dye his hair blonde? I don't know. I don't know. It's because I'm looking at a picture of him right now. And first of all, I have a hard time imagining this guy without any facial hair. And second, can you can you can you picture him wearing orange scaled body armor and no, green that's the pants? other thing, man. Is they got to do something about it. they got they, just they they kind of tweaked Superman's costume in Man of Steel. They got to do something like that to Aquaman's co- costume. They cannot. I'm sorry, well, you cannot I mean, go with the. You can you can easily get a get around the orange vest, yeah, or the orange shirt. Sim- you just simply lose it. Yeah. And just give him. There was there was an Aquaman version where he swam around shirtless and just kind of had black and green pants on or gray and green pants. Maybe they'll go with that, and he'll just be shirtless and a warrior. Maybe they'll just do that. I just like I said, love the actor. Just don't see him playing Aquaman. Don't think it was a good choice. I think maybe like a Jensen Ackles would be a better choice for Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, definitely from Supernatural. Now, uh, now you and I were also talking about something. That uh, another concern about this movie 
and that is that they're trying to fit too much into one movie. Yeah, I feel like like Marvel took time and built up their franchises. Right, but before they did the big Avengers movie, it there was a Captain America one, a Thor one, and an Iron Man one and two right. all out. Right. So they had each been able to build up the back uh, the backstory of these characters, and they even throw out a Hulk movie too. <laughs> well, they throw out a couple Hulk movies. Well, they, they throw out two Hulk films, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. they even they even referenced. The Hulk, the first, the Ed Norton Hulk film in the Avengers. Did see? I didn't really watch it because I thought Ed Norton. Like I did watch it maybe once or twice, uh, but like I was, I was kind of turned off because I was like Ed Norton. Norton, you're just being a little whiny little well, bitch Mark, about it. Because Mark Ruffalo goes, the last time I was in New York, I kind of broke Harlem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so what DC is doing here is they're like, oh shit, Marvel's making all this money. We got to scramble. So they're trying right. to shove everything into like this one film. I mean, that's the first thing is is number one is uh, Marvel, or not Marvel, DC is way behind the movie game. Uh, I mean, Marvel is just crushing it at, at the box office. It also really helps that, uh, that Marvel, uh, the film studio, the film side of Marvel is, you know, sleeping with, uh, with D- Disney. I think that's also helping them, but it sounds like now DC is going to be sleeping with Warner Brothers. Well, they they've always been in contract with Warner Brothers, right? But I mean, but, in but, this in this in this movie that's that's titled Batman Superman Dawn of Justice, right? You're going to have appearances by Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman confirmed. But for all you know, Green Lantern and the Flash are going to pop up in there somewhere as well. I mean, it's, I want you to think back. And think of all the superhero movies that have come out, and I, at least I think I've picked up on a pattern, and that is the less in the movie, the more there is in the way of that, like the better it is. Is you look at the, you know, let, let, let's let's just look at the Amazing Spider-Man uh, series. Yeah. Well, no, no, the, the not the Tobey Maguire ones, but the two most recent ones. The first one. It caught flack, but I think a lot of that flack was because they're like, geez, Spider-Man just wrapped, you know, a couple of years ago. It was good. But but it, w- it was decent. It was good. And what did that movie have? It had Spider-Man and then one villain. Just one-on-one. Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 2, I know you liked it, Sam, but you, as we've stated before, you get too close to the source material and then can't divide shit between, you know, the source, the good source material, so you think it's all good. I did not like Punisher Warzone, the Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, Howard but, the but, Duck. But, but you're not as into those comics as you are into Spider-Man comics. Frank Castle? Hell yeah, man. Me and him are tight. Really? Hell yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a, uh, a Punisher comic around your place. Oh yeah, I've got about 20 in a box. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But, but digressing but, back. But but look, so the Amazing Spider-Man, it caught more shit just because it was so close of a release to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. Then you have Amazing Spider-Man 2, which just got shit reviews. And everyone that I think Sam, you're the only person I've ever heard anything positive about it and actually try to defend it. Everyone else has just said it's shit. And what happened? Is they had so, they had Spider Man and then they tried to overload it with villains. Same, you could even say the same thing with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. You look at Spider Man three, three, you know, Sandman, two, Venom. Venom, Green Goblin to to a certain degree, but he kind of spoiler right. turns good at the but, end. But so, th- I th- I think what they need to do is they need to step back and they need to realize less is more. 
because they are trying to shove all this shit into one movie so that way they can do a jumping off point into a new, a new series of movies. But the problem is if this jumping off point isn't good, no one's going to want to see what they have to do with Justice League. No one's going to want to see if for some reason Aquaman gets his own movie or if Wonder Woman gets her own movie. I don't think Wonder Woman will get her own movie though. I mean, they they tried to redo the TV show and it didn't make it past the pilot. I think I think Wonder Woman deserves her own movie. Uh, she could directed. You know, it's sad is at one point, Josh Josh Whedon was going to direct the Wonder Woman movie for Warner Bros. and they backed out on him at the last minute. What well, I didn't. So like they backed out like on the entire project. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say I don't remember a Wonder Woman movie coming yeah, no. out. Wonder Woman directed by Josh Whedon who who did the Avengers. And Buffy. And, and knows how to do strong female characters. Right. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean... The man that you would want helming a Wonder Woman film. Right. Well, but he now that's completely off the table. Oh, gosh, because, yeah. like, Marvel, Marvel. Marvel's going to be like, no, you're not going to do a DC movie. We got you under contractual uh, uh, obligation. Think again, my friend. But so they they need to step back and less is more... Okay. I mean, I was fine when they were like, it's going to be Batman Superman. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, right. Because every. Superman. Well, but also, there have been so many crossovers in comics with Batman and Superman. Yeah. I mean, like, wasn't that a, a, a comic for a while? Is Batman versus. World's finest. Right. Batman and Superman. So, so that makes sense. And I was even fine when they're like, eh, we're going to throw in a brief cameo by Wonder Woman. I'm like, okay. okay, you know what? That's cool. You know, you're setting up for Justice League. Right. I understand. And then they're like, and now we're gonna throw in Cyborg, and I was like, I was like, okay. Now and I'm like Aquaman, and I'm just like, oh my god! I know. Just give it a rest, man. Right. So, so I feel like I feel like Batman versus Superman. It's already going. It's it's already struggling. Is you have poor casting of Aquaman. You have too many people in the movie. I mean, really, that means the. I mean, a lot of people are still really skeptical about Aff, uh, Affleck. Wait, the Batfleck. Yeah, Batfleck. <laughs> uh being uh you know, being Batman. It, there's there's a lot there's a lot more writing against this movie than there is for it. And I think a lot I think if the movie is a success, a lot of that is gonna be due to uh Zach uh Snyder. I think I I I really think like he's kind of the last hope for this movie. You know, because what's hypothetical, Sam? Batman vs Superman is a flop. It sucks. No one goes sees it. DC, do they? Do they just? They're going to mothball all future projects for about a three to four year stint, yep. and then go back and try again. Yep. But but it's like, will they learn? Will they learn their lesson? I could see it like either being really good and Zack Snyder being like, oh yeah, I knew what I was doing all along. Or it goes to shit, and Zack Snyder's like, "Yeah, the studio forced all this stuff down my throat that I didn't want to do." Right, and and that's and that's going to be an issue. Is it's going to be like, well, was it the studio forcing you to do this and that, or was it that you, you know? Because I could also see him being like, if the studio does force all this shit down his throat, that he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to direct this movie, but I'm checking out, you know, and I'm just going to make the uh, the the." the film the studio wants to make, and I'm not going to put the time or the passion into it that I do with my other projects. Yeah. I could see him doing that too. But, uh, so I, I, I don't know. Is is DC, get your shit together. Next Warner up. Brothers, get your shit together. 
Uh, Next up, we're going to have the Wachowski brothers, or Wachowski brother and sister. Now they're just called the Wachowskis. Yeah, the Wachowskis directing just like... Uh, I would feel kind of better about that. Than, I, than Zack Snyder? I mean, I, well, I take that back. I don't know. I don't know. Man, I'm just so wishy-washy on this whole on, on the whole movie to begin with. I'm just going to... Like I said, I will I will hold judgment, even though I don't agree with this casting decision. I will hold judgment till the first trailer drops. Yeah, in uh, July. Yeah, when I'm at Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Let's move on. Uh, normally, normally this is the part of the show where uh, you would be hearing the Game of Thrones intro, but um, uh, my computer is 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 my computer that I play all my audio off of. It, it's dead. It crashed, and so after we went to the bookstore today, we went by the uh, the store to because uh, I saw a computer online that was uh, good specs for a reasonable price, and they didn't have it in uh, in stock, so they're ship they're shipping it. So we don't have any audio. So we have audio. Oh, do we, Sam? Yes. Okay. Dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 this is the part dun, where I fade you down because you hit the post, so keep fading. Game of Thrones! All right. This past week was the season finale of Game of Thrones. And wow, what a finale what it What a finale. Wow, Sam, I'm really surprised you are containing yourself. You aren't already trying to jump the gun. Good for you, you Sam. Know, I, I liked it a lot, but I wasn't blown away by it. Like everybody was like on Facebook by it. Mm, there were parts that I thought were extremely amazing, and there were parts where I was like, eh. I was, eh. I was more like, you know, kind of like clenched body parts on like last week's episode, this week's episode, which is kind of like a big exhale of finally, right. this shit's getting resolved. The, the, some shit got resolved and some shit's left up in the air. But as this episode opens... It, it picks up right where the previous episode... John uh, is walking straight into enemy camp. Right. He's uh, walking into the Wildlings base camp to uh, to talk with uh, Mant... Is it Mance? Mance Raider. Yeah. Okay. Man- yeah. Mance Raider. And originally, John said he's going there, he's going to sneak in, and he's going to kill him because Mance Raider... He's the one that's keeping all the different wildling tribes together, yeah. and uh, and and instead of fighting each other, he's the one focusing all their anger towards you know the seven kingdoms. So initially, John, you think John's going out there to sneak into the camp and kill them and kill uh, kill them, and this episode opens up with him walking out of of the gate from the wall, and he walks just straight into the base camp. Yeah, they parked their base camp right next to the wall. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you remember the episode, like there's a tree line and then open ground and then the wall. So like they're just they're at like you know the very beginning of that tree line, and and Jon Snow just walks in there and he's like, "Hey guys," uh, like he's unarmed, and he's like, "I've come to to talk and you know and get some terms so that way no more blood is shed." Oh, I come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to kill. <laughs> Right, and so uh, so uh, John and Mance go into uh, a Mance's tent. tent, and they sit down and they're having a conversation. And you know, Mance is talking about like, oh, when you were with us, you know, you took a vow, and you but know, I was shocked you to took find out why Mance wanted to come across the wall. 
I thought Mance was seeking revenge against right. the crowd. Right. Is everyone is you is you were led to believe that Mance was doing this because they're like they took our land and they forced us further north on the other side of the wall and we're taking it back. I'm taking them all back. That was a Goonies reference, by the way. Thank you, there, Mouth. You're welcome. <laughs> and but what you find out is that Mance is just scared he, shitless he's of scared. White Walkers. Just just like everyone south of the wall is scared of winter is coming. By the way, winter has been coming for the past fucking four seasons. All right, get here already, God you damn want it! The, you want that White Walker army to show up? I do because that. Uh, d- Cock tease. That's all we're being. We're being cock tease. Well, no, winter is coming is just the saying that they have in, in the north. You know. Well, no, no, but like in this case, they really mean like winter is coming because in this universe, like winter lasts like a hundred years. Like it's like an ice age. Mm-hmm. You, Sam, if you just nod along, people cannot audibly hear you nodding yes, along. Jeff, you have to use your words. Things things go in cycles, and there's supposed to be a big winter storm coming. That's supposed to bring the. It's just the North are better prepared for it than the rest. The army of the undead, as I call right. it. Right. The White Walkers but, are coming. But so that was a big twist. Yeah, because Mance goes, hey, listen, you let me in. I swear to you, I'm not going to kill any more of your people. I don't even want to go an inch south of this wall. I just want to camp out in and around the wall and hide from the White Walkers, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and John almost says, okay, but before you can oh, say oh, okay. Yeah, oh, you could tell John was like, fuck, this is a good deal. But before he can do anything, uh, Stannis Baratheon and his army start attacking the wildlings' camp. Well, that's because his seer woman like got some information that said, right. hey, listen, this is legit. Before you can reattack the south again, you've got to secure the north from Ex- the White Walkers. Exactly. So Stannis Barat. So while John and uh, and Mance are having their conversations, they are they are parlaying. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Stannis Baratheon and his army do like a nice little maneuver where they pinch him in. They attack him from the front and they attack him from the back. Would it be called the classic pincher maneuver? It would be. It would be. <laughs> were they also were they... called finger cuff style? Uh. Yeah, chasing Amy reference. I got them all lined up today. <laughs> but yeah, so basically they 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 sweep in from. All sides, shock and awe, Game of Thrones style. Right, right, and and of course, just like I would, Mance looks at John is like, are the because before they get there and they know it's Stannis Baratheon, um, Mance goes, are these Man, your people? Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, he's like, no, you just told, you just said we were outnumbered, and guess yeah. what? I was bluffing. You're absolutely right. We're <laughs> di- and we're down to like fifty dudes, <laughs> I, man. I like, love, I love John's part. He's like, he's like, you know, these aren't my people. Yeah, he's like, we cannot afford it. You're absolutely right. And so then, sure enough. Uh, in, in comes Stannis Baratheon, and the Wildlings have no idea who this guy is, and Jon Snow is kind of like, you kind of need to talk to this dude. Stannis is like, kneel before Zod. Right. And Mance is like, I don't kneel. Yeah, we don't do that. That ain't in our playbook. And so then uh, then Jon and Stannis have a talk, and like John's like, you know, I'm that Stark son. And so Stannis takes starts taking this crow more seriously, right? Because uh, because Stannis and Ned were were good friends, and Stannis was like, "Your father was a very loyal man, well, a very honorable man. He the, fought when, for me." Yeah, but I say when the when the struggle for the throne happened, right? Ned found out that Stannis was actually the rightful heir of the Iron Throne, and he backed Stannis, right? And so then Stannis is like, "Okay, so what do we do in this situation?" He's like, "Look, take him, take him hostage, or take him prisoner." Yeah. 
and question them and burn the dead because, you know, They're White gonna... Walkers are coming. Supposedly, they've been you... coming for four fucking seasons. Do you think it's kind of an eerie and common theme that this show shares with The Walking Dead? Spoiler. If you die in either universe, you can come back as the dead? No. No. Because in The Walking Dead... It's a virus. Okay, spoilers. In The Walking Dead... It's a virus. It's a virus that everyone is infected by, and then once you die, then the virus takes effect and reanimates your body, and you become a zombie. In Game of Thrones, you ha- you can die, but then the uh, the White Walkers have to come up, and don't they, don't they have to touch you? I don't think so, because in season th- one, that guy just got up out of like the morgue. Oh, shit. You're absolutely right. Oh shit! That's, that's why they were burning all the bodies, even that's even the right. ones that that were at the night's watch, protected by the wall. That's right. They still burned those bodies last night because guess what? Anybody can get up and walk around now. That's right. I forgot about that. I because I was just thinking back to the scene with the baby where the White Walkers. Oh like, yeah, no, no, touch the he baby. Turned him into a White Walker. I, yeah, you don't have to. Oh, see, I forgot about that. Huh? That In is Game interesting. of Thrones. It's magic. And Walking Dead, it's a virus. Either way, you're coming back as somebody you don't want to be. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, so they they kind of they kind of leave the um, what ends up happening? I forget. Do they just kind of leave it with the three? Oh no, that's right. They burn all the bodies, and uh, Stannis Baratheon and his army are welcomed by the Night's Watch. And but, uh, one part kind of bugs me. Uh oh, what part bugs you? <laughs> Mance goes. Oh, by the way. I found a big 50-foot stretch of wall you fuckers can't guard. I sent 400 men up the wall. All of them aren't going to make it, but I guarantee you the bulk of them are. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because it's 400 men, and you see how big Standis' yeah. is, army and is? And I know John probably told somebody about it, well, but and, still. And also, they... I would have liked to have seen some sort of resolve to that because Standis just kind of was like, I got 400 men crawling up the wall. But but they, but they you know, Manus isn't dead, so when they come to attack, Manus, they can bring Manus out there, and they can and he can be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. no, no, <laughs> call, like, call it off, it's off, it's off. Yeah, Manus... And he's like, hey, hey, oh, hey, yeah. hey, hey, put down the weapons before they yeah, kill yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so we leave the wall. Uh, we we the the last we see in this season of the Night's Watch in the Wall is is them burning all the dead and Stannis uh, Baratheon's army uh, at at the Night's Watch and has basically taken the Wildlings uh, prisoner, and that's where we are left off with that until season five. Then let's move over to Darnerys and um, like she is just because she's having a real hard time being like you know Daenerys doesn't like da- yeah rule is, rule is not suiting her as well as she thought it was. right is so so it opens up and once again she is in her throne room with people coming up to her saying like this is my problem this is my problem and so like the first problem that she that she encounters. Is there's an old man who's like, you know, hey, when I was a slave, you know, even though I was a slave, I had food, I had shelter. He had a high place in the house, right? Like, you know, I I had a role in in society. I had a role in this, and she's like, yeah, but now you're free. He's like, yeah, but now I live on the street. Oh well, you know, like basically, she's like, you know, we've set up, you know, Emergency shelters, shelters. And he's like, yeah, but us old guys, we go there, and then the young guys rob us, and if we put up a fight, they beat us, and, you know, they're stronger. And so this old man is like, I, 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 I want to go back into slavery, you know, is, is, is when I was in slavery, I, I, I was at this house, 
I was teaching the kids in this house. I was a teacher. I had a purpose. And now I'm just nothing, you know? And she's like, but you can be anything. He's like, well, but no, is, is I'm too old to be anything else. You, 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 you know what it's like? It's like Brooks in Shawshank Redemption is after you've been in prison for so long, you become accustomed to it and anything and everything else seems different. And you just, sometimes you just can't adjust. That's essentially what this guy is talking about. He's just been a slave for so long that that's all he knows. And he, and, and, you know, now, now he's nothing and he has no sense of purpose. So she agrees and she's like, okay, look, you and those who also feel the same way can go back to your former masters and you, contract can, and, and you can do contract work. You know, I believe they said like, they're essentially going to be a slave, just not in name. And, but that's what they want. And like, but then, but then the masters are going to use that against them. Being right. Like, oh, and, you're back under my rule. Now. Right. But, but she also set a timeline of like, you can only do this for a year. That doesn't really make sense because she had also just said that, you know, I gave you free will. You can do whatever you want. And he's like, well, I want to be a slave. Okay, that's your choice Backfired. then. That's your choice then. Oh, then, okay, be a slave. Like, you know, so so she's already becoming she's already becoming hypocritical with her power, you know. is, well, is well, She's young. She well, doesn't know what but, to do. But also, if she really doesn't have... Sir Jorah is not there to guide her. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because, you know, he, you know, kind of was hired to put a hit out. So after, um, after this old man talks about how he, he wants to be, basically be a slave again and they have their little conversation, a farmer comes up and is holding a bag of bones, literally a bag of bones. So, you know, I thought, oh, man, it's just another burnt goat or cow yeah, this time. Yeah. No, it wasn't. No, this it was his daughter, three-year-old daughter. His three-year-old daughter the burned remains of his three-year-old daughter. Right. And who did it? The black dragon. Not the red or the green one, but the black one. The leader, the big strong one. Right. Like right. I forgot how much bigger he that dragon was than the other two dragons. I don't agree with what she did. I would have. I would have locked him well, up. Well, not those other two. Well, so exactly. So so here. So what happens is. And she has this realization, because this whole time, I'm the mother of dragons. I can control these dragons. They're just like pets. No. This is the same scenario that you get in real life when someone's like, oh, look at this cute little tiger cub. I'm going to take this tiger cub home, and I'm going to adopt it, forgetting that eventually, that one, this is a wild beast, and it's gonna, and it's still very primal and, and has its instincts. The dragons are the same thing. Is is these are wild beasts? Just because you gave them life doesn't mean you can control them. She has no control. She's that's what she's starting to realize. She's starting to realize she has limited control over the dragons. Well, the other two seem to like well, the red and the green one. Right, the red and green dragons followed her just fine. Right, and they and they seem to I guess you could say be more obedient. But in order to appease the people, she had to lock them up. Right, she had to lock. And God, you know, like I was now my like, question is: Is she going to keep feeding them? And if she does, when? Oh, she, absolutely. When, be, she, because when she unchains them, are her children going to understand what the, she did? That's the big question: Is what's going to happen when she unchains them? Because she has to keep feeding them. She has to keep them alive because that is her biggest strategic advantage over every other army that she's going to go up against is the fact that yes she does have dragons that is her biggest advantage hands down so you have to keep those dragons alive but like you just said is now these dragons gonna be like well what the fuck we i didn't... even felt really sad when they locked I up know, over... their cgi 
fictional characters. But when they scream for her and she starts crying, I know. I know. I was like, I know. I was like, I was like, man, dear, man, dear. But it's not going to happen. Yeah, but but you can't cry because guys are only allowed to cry at the end of Rudy. Yeah, no. man law. I know. Right? I was just, I was like I was like stupid ninjas throwing dust in my eye. I can't see you, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to kick your ass later. Right, and and I also agree with you, Sam. Is is the black dragon is the one that is doing all this stuff. He's the one that burnt the goats in earlier episodes. And he's the one that burnt this, burnt this, uh, this farmer's daughter. The red green daughter. one just seemed happy just to be kind of right. flying around like, and like screwing the, around and just having fun. Exactly, exactly. You know, in, as of with any family, when you have multiple children, there's going to be a black sheep. This time it's just the black dragon. And they don't even really know where the bla- black dragon is. It's no. like, you didn't even see the black dragon I mean, in this episode. She was going to go punish him. And, and, and they were like, well, yeah, I don't know where he is. A couple of sailors saw him three days ago around yeah. somewhere. Right, so now there's this... There's this dragon out there flying around unsupervised, but then again, how do you really supervise it? I, I, I really think that that her chaining up the dragons is going to backfire and hurt her uh, in the long run. Is because you know now they're not going to be so so happy and with her. And finally, we cut to King's Landing. No, we don't. No, we no, don't. We, don't. we cut to the bloody gates. And the Hound and Arya. Oh, whoops. I just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fight that made me laugh out loud. Really? Yeah. Really? I laughed at this fight. Why? Well, let's set up what happens. Arya is practicing her sword techniques. Uh-huh. When the knight who swore an oath to her mother to keep her daughter safe stumbles upon her in the hills. And Arya's like, stop shitting, Hound. We have a knight yeah. here before us. Yeah, uh, what's her name? Brienne? Brienne of Tar. Yeah, Brienne of Tar comes across Arya and the Hound, and they start talking, and then, long story short... uh, I got a big big message from Jeff last night. I'm like, I called it! I called this! Well, because here's what I call it. So Brienne realizes, you're Arya Stark. I made an oath to your mother that I would keep you safe and return you to King's... uh, Not King's Landing, but to uh, Winterfell. And the hound's like, you know, well, how the fuck can you protect her when you don't even know that Winterfell is in ashes? And you're bearing a Lannister-made sword. Exactly. And, yeah, another good point. And then she fesses up about, like, oh, well, I was traveling with Jamie Lannister and returning him home, blah, blah, blah. But the part where I said I, I called it was, was when she was talking to the hound. She's like, so what are you doing? Are you, are you protecting her? Are you guiding her? And he was like, yeah, I am. And I was just like, aha. For like five minutes, I was just like, yes, I called it. I knew there would become a time when he could just be like, okay, I'm rid of you, but wouldn't give her up and because they have built this relationship. So Bran and the Hound uh, get into a fight. It's like a pretty epic It's fight. a big fight. I mean, like... It involves swords, like, biting uh, off of ears, right, a, la, right. a la Mike Tyson. And so... Brienne wins the fight, hands she down. Is, she bites she, off the hound's ear. She and, beats him with a rock until he can't hardly see straight, and then she throws him off a cliff. Well, he kind of stumbled off the cliff. He was backing up yeah. and lost his footing and went down a cliff. But, I mean, and, they got dirty in the right. fight. Like, Brienne kicks the hound in the nuts at one mm-hmm. point. <laughs> Sorry. Even at 28, I still laugh when a man gets kicked in the groin on screen. <laughs> but so then, but so then, you know, it's clear Brienne's won the fight. She thinks the hound has fallen off the edge of this cliff, and um, and is dead down below. And so she's calling out for Arya Stark. Arya, yeah. where are you, Arya? Yeah, and 
you know, Arya's hiding, and then after after she leaves, uh, Arya goes down to the cliff of the edge where the hound fell, and you know, you see that he has a gaping wound in his leg. And he's just like all it, his armor's bent up. He's right. and, soaking in blood and, out of and, every pore. And she asks him, you know, she's like, "Are you going to die?" And he's like, "Well, not if there's a mason behind that rock." And you know, the closest town is ten miles away. So, so he's he, like, "He's like, I beg you, please kill me." Please and then, and then when she won't do it, he tries to goad her into killing her right. by, by using anger. Right, exactly. Where he's like, I should have screwed your sister when... Right, I should have raped your sister when I had the chance and this and that. Like, just really nasty shit, just so she would kill him. And she's like, go on, you got to scratch another name off your list. And she just reaches down and takes all his gold. See, I thought, for a second there, I thought she was going to travel the, the 10 miles into the town I did to too. find a doctor. I did, too. I did, too. It, it wasn't Totally a, not what it, she did. It, it, it wasn't until this point where I was like, <clears throat> oh, I was wrong. I didn't call it. Is She doesn't give a shit. And She's gotten real cold. Yeah, she cold has. as the north. But unching. This is better than I thought you were gonna go <clears throat> as cold as ice. But okay, you're as cold as ice. Uh, so she she leaves the hound there. He's begging for death. She, and wine. She, she doesn't give it to him. And I'm trying to think like. Is because I really thought that like they're gonna have this relationship where like they really did care for each other. I when she bent down to get the gold, and like you know, and the hound was like, you know, at least you know, kill me, and at least I'll have like one uh happy memory of being killed by you. I really thought when she bent after he said that and she bent down to get the gold, like I thought like she was gonna like nuzzle up to him and be like, no, I'll stay here with you until you die. Like, that's what I really thought was going to happen. I thought she was going to plunge her sword through his throat or his heart. No, is I thought it was going to be this nice moment. But instead, no, uh, she bends down, gets the gold, and walks off while he's be- begging for death. You said that you thought maybe he could still be alive and that he might come back in season five. He's either going to come back and be like, I taught you well, good job, let's let's go on well, the road together, or he's going to come back and beat the crap out of her. Well, but you see, but they're not going to see each other because... She, after she gets his gold, she go, she starts walking and she goes to a um, a harbor, like you know, I forget what is a, a sea town, I guess you could say, uh, a and, seaport. There it is, a seaport, and hitches a ride to um, the wall. She's going to the wall, right? She well, no, she asked to go to the wall, and they said we're not going there. We're going. She shows somewhere. him a coin, and he says, "Okay, fine. Where do you want to go?" And she's like, oh. "The wall." Oh, really? I missed that part. You know, he goes. I think she handed him a coin that, that, that iron, the iron, 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 the, like the shapeshifter had given her or yes, somebody. Yes. And the guy was, and it meant something to that captain because he goes, oh, crap. Yeah. He was like, okay. Okay. I owe the, you a favor. Where yeah. do you want to go? Right. Okay. And so that is, that's how the episode ends is her on the boat uh, sailing away. Now we've skipped over this part because everyone knows this is probably the most the main driving point of this show is what's going on with the Lannisters and King's Landing. So, oh. so first off is uh, oh god, Cersei. Cersei is having a shit fit like no other. She's going in talking to her daddy, saying, "I'm not going to marry uh, what's his face." Um, uh, who is she supposed to marry? So basically, she's not going to marry the guy she's supposed to marry, and her dad's like, "Whatever, you're gonna, you're not the first one to be drugged to the altar against her will." Yeah, and she's like, "I nearly killed my son when I thought King's Landing was being sacked. What do you think I'm gonna do to prevent this marriage?" And he's like, "Well, what do you mean?" And she's like, "I'm gonna tell everyone. 
our dirty little yeah. secret. And right. he's like, what secret? And she's like, oh, you don't know. Or no, you do know, but you just don't want to believe it. You, and, and you know, basically she's like, only you would know your children so well, yet not know your children at all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, I've been screwing my brother. <laughs> and he's like, I don't believe it. And she's like, yes, you do. Yeah, she's, she's like, you've known, you've always known, but you just never wanted to believe it. And then she happily scampers off to Jamie. I know. And, and the, goes, Jamie. And she goes, Jamie, I, I talked to Daddy, and, and I'm not going to marry this guy. I'm staying in King's Landing. Let, let's let the people talk who want to talk. Right. We're going to keep having sex. And that's exactly what they do. Is like, Yeah, she takes them right there on like the reading room table. Right. And they Jamie's just... Jamie's like, somebody's going to walk in, and she's like... I don't let them. Let them. Let them. And she's, she's like, I'm not hiding our love, and it's just... This is so creepy and weird and incestuous. Very. And which is so weird because, like, you know, when Joffrey died or was murdered, um, the he Jamie raped her at uh, right next to his corpse. Right. Which, by the way, how hard do you think it was for that actor to be like, wait, wait. So in this scene, I'm just lying here. I'm not supposed to like laugh or anything when this brother rapes his sister. Like when my daddy rapes my sister. Yeah. My uncle. Oh god, yeah, that's right. My daddy slash uncle rapes like my mother slash aunt. Oh god, this is some backwoods Alabama Arkansas shit we're talking about here. Yeehaw, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I know, man. Like Jesus, I wonder if R. Martin ever spent a lot of time in the South. <laughs> you think he hung out below the Mason Dixon line just a little bit? Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, so anyway, so Jamie and and Cersei are not not Cersei. What she wasn't even Cersei. Yeah. Oh, it's Sansa and Cersei. I, I know, I know. I always get those two mixed. Which, by the way, Sansa wasn't even in this episode. I know. You, you never find out. Holy. What- Fuck, dude, we completely glossed over Brand's storyline. No, I was going to bring that up next. Okay. Okay. I knew where this was going, Jeff. Okay. 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 Um, so Cersei and, uh, and, and Jamie. As soon as Jamie gets his rocks they, off. They, 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 they do their thing. So then you cut to Tywin cut, in a jail cell. Yeah. Uh, Tywin in the jail cell. And then Jamie comes down and he's like, Fuck, father! I've had enough of this bullshit, and he frees uh, Tywin. Oh god, this beer is awesome. Makes you burpy too. <laughs> oh man, dude. Sam, future note: never buy a beer just because it. Man, that is a cool cover. That is a cool cover. But uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> sorry. That's that's my ADD kicking in. Jamie, uh, bust him out. Kind of, kind of all out like a Cersei movie, and like father, fuck you. I'm gonna keep fucking my brother. He's like, fuck father. I'm gonna, I'm gonna free my brother. Right. And, <laughs> and so the Lannisters gone wild. And I know, point. I know. Like this, this is really the like the beginning of the. I mean, it's just like almost the end of the Lannisters because there's so much infighting, and so. Um, uh, so, so Jamie frees, uh, uh, Ty, Tyron. Why does the father have to be Tywin and, and the, the, yeah, so son- he frees Tyron Lannister, leads him through all these dark passages. And right. Says, and says like, okay, there's someone waiting for you. Knock a couple times on the door and they'll, uh, and they'll get you out of King's Landing. And he's like, okay, thank you. Thank you, Jamie, for, you know, everything you've done. And- varies, varies the, the eunuch. 
Right, right. Varys. Sorry, that's his name. Right, but but so but before he meets up with the eunuch, is you know is <laughs> what does he do? Does is, he immediately go knock on the door? No, no, he doesn't. He he goes Takes through a, a secret passage, passage and goes to his father's chamber. Inside his father's chamber, who does he see but naked? Who she's kind of half asleep, kind of half awake, begging for her lion. Her lion. Is that you, my lion? And who is in his father's bed but the only woman he has ever loved, Shay. Shay is in her his father's bed and he loses his shit. And he He, he snaps, man. He snaps. And she, as I think anyone would, tries to protect herself, pulls out a knife, there's a struggle, and uh and he gets the knife away from her, and then you she, know she has this gold well, necklace on her. Right, right. Because because what happens is 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 he's on top of her struggling while she's on her back trying to stab stab him upwards upwards and he knocks the knife away and she kind of flips him off the bed and while he's flipping in the air he grabs a, ne- a necklace that she's wearing drags her with him as he falls off the kinda, bed kind of to the edge of the bed not all the way off well right so like you like like I would say like you know the top half of her body like her, her middle head. middle of her back is like you know the top half of her back is is leaning off the bed and the bottom half is on the bed to give and you an idea. He starts squeezing and, and, on that necklace and as he hard ju- as he can and chokes the life out of her literally. And you know and and he and he feels really bad about it you know because he was like I loved he you kind of breaks down you. at one point right and and like and and when he started to break down I was like shit someone's gonna walk in see what just happened and now he's fucked now Jamie's fucked. You know, I used to love this character. Now I'm like, dude, you've got no. To- I do not like. While I here at Comic Life, we never ever promote violence against women. We would never ever do that. Uh, but time out. <laughs> this is Jeff's standalone moment. I do not support this at oh, all. Oh, so so too. you promote violence against women? No, Sam? I don't. But this is your standalone moment. I know where you're going down this road. So you take it all on uh, your own. It. It was the heat of the moment. All right, Ahab, if you want to go down on this ship, you're going down fucking alone. Like, I mean... I understand rage, but guess what? Go drink, hit a wall, do something besides that. These are different times. Brothers are fucking sisters, you know? Everything's crazy. The dead are coming back. Right, Dragons... Dragons are on the air, so it's okay to strangle. Is, is, is like this is what like I think like nowadays it's okay to get blackout mad and strangle your girlfriend to death. If 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 this was take if if what happened in in that in this scene was taken into today's court of law, it'd be known what was a crime of passion, justifiable homicide. I wouldn't say justifiable homicide because justifiable means you have a good reason, and because your ex girlfriend is fucking your dad is not a is not a reason to commit homicide. Like sorry, you know, but. I mean, he—it was just—it was just a real emotional moment, and and and, and, and he was there to you know to hurt his father, and I mean, he just wanted to hurt somebody, and he and he killed Shay in the process. But is he done with his rampage? No, yet? he no. is not. Is 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 as he's laying, uh, as he's sitting on the floor with like Shay's head like dangling next to him. He, he eyes the crossbow on the on his father's wall, and now this is where like it's like okay. Shay's death and Shay's murder, manslaughter, crime of passion was not planned out. This next part definitely planned out. Premeditative. Premeditative is so. 
he uh, he goes he he finds that his father is is on the shitter. And so from 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 his from his, his father's his, sitting on the shitter. Right, and he opens up the door to the bathroom and you know and he's holding the crossbow and his father's like Well done. You're out of your cell. You're free. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. And like meanwhile, like he's pointing this crossbow at his dad. So of course he's his dad's gonna be like all right, you know. This was all just a test for you, pal. Yeah, way to go. You I passed. am so proud you of you. Passed. Way to go, man. Hey, hey, why don't you just put that crossbow down and we'll, and we'll just go talk about this. We'll have some beers. We'll have a few laughs, you know. Fuck it. It's just some good times between father and son. You know, just a little light, playful jabbing. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, son. <laughs> Tyron's like, what the oh, fuck are you? Oh, this is so much better. Tyron, ty- Tyron's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and he's like, I just killed somebody. And his father's like, yeah, it's just a whore. Yeah, he's like, she's a whore. And he's like, no, I loved her, you know. And um, so he he puts he puts one arrow in his father's well, gut. Well, right, right. Well, but before that, his father was like, you know, he's like, do you really think I was going to let him kill you? Is I have a plan, you know? Let's go back to my chambers and let's talk about this like adults. And he's like, no, 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 no. And and he's like, I'm not buying your bullshit. You didn't have a plan. You're going to let him kill me. You've always wanted me dead. And so then he puts one, he puts an arrow in in his father, and his father's like, you all defenses him. are down. Right now, now he's like, yeah, you're right. I always wanted you dead. I fucking hate you. Blah blah blah. All this like mean shit. And then he puts another arrow in him. So you know, Tyron killed his father, Tywin, and, and is escaping to the somewhere. Well, he's escaping to. Kind of the area where Daenerys is setting up shop, like the oh, freelands across is, the sea. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that's exactly him weird. and Varys, the, the spider who knows like all of the gossip that, that, that goes. The eunuch, yeah, the eunuch that knows every last dirty deed that goes on in King's Landing. It's the only reason people keep him around is because if yeah, they were fired him, his secrets would right, right. Well, I mean, yeah, crumble he, the kingdom. I mean, he holds his position through blackmail. Yes, and so, but 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 because Varys decided to help him, as soon as Varys was about to go back to the. Uh, to the castle to you know, be be accountable. You hear the bells go off, and Varys like looks up and goes, "Well, shit, I can't go back well, there because people are going to be like, well, where were you when all this was going yeah, on?'" Yeah, yeah. So he just jumps on the boat with Tyron, who's in an animal crate, by the yeah, way, with yeah. air holes poked in it. Right, like, yeah, that that part was a little like, "What the fuck?" So that that's kind of what wraps up with the Lannisters. Uh, Brand storyline is getting really interesting because for the long- comes to fruition. For the longest time, it's just been like the fucking Lord of the Rings. We're just walking and we're walking and we're walking. Here's a skirmish and we're walking and we're walking. And now something's actually happening. Is is they have found the the, the three- red tree with the three eyed raven, much like the red tree that sits, sits in Winterfell. Yes. Yes, very with the, good point. With, with the faces of the old gods carved in. Very it. good point. And and so they go they go into this cave that which then leads uh, leads them into a uh, to like underneath the tree where all the roots are. But before then, they have to cross what I call a minefield of the undead. Right, right, yeah. Who who is who is the dude that uh, that was helping Brand understand his powers? This, this guide guy. I just call him the guide. The guide guide with his sister. You know, he he eats it. Skeletons pop up, kill him. This little girl who's like an immortal who can throw fireballs at people yeah. show up, and they lead Brand to like the, I guess you. Would, it's I a, call him like this Yoda looking motherfucker. Uh, he's not, no, he's well, bigger he's, than Yoda. He's not, he's not Yoda looking, but he's Yoda esque and like the way he's so, ancient so, so, and wise okay. and everything. Oh, okay. So, so here's that. the look, the kind, the kind of 
frail, more frail looking than Gandalf, but also with that long beard, but also with the wisdom of Yoda. Honestly, I got to say this, like when they kept venturing deeper into this thing and it, and it, like, I was like, I was like, shit, if Ned Stark's sitting under that tree, I'm going to lose my shit. Oh, see, that never crossed my mind once. Oh, I thought, that I thought, never crossed my I mind once. I was just like, I was like, I was like, oh shit, Ned Stark's going to be up in the north just sitting there waiting for his no, son. No, I never, I, I never thought of that But once. no, it was some old man and he, and cryptic message because he, he's like, I'm going to help you achieve what you lost. And he's like, oh, I, you're, you're going to help me walk. walk. And he's like, no, no. but you're going to fly. And he's like, what? Gonna fly now. Rocky, I, no, 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 no. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I just didn't approve of it, but I got it. <laughs> uh, but so, so, Bran's storyline in season five is going to be really interesting because I think he's going to develop some crazy powers. Oh, he really is. He really is. Because he can already possess Hodor at will with no problem anymore. Right, right, and he and, and animals and animals. But what more is he going to be able to do? I, I think. Could he possess? I, I, I don't want to say it, but like I kind of think like they're going the way of like, ah, oh, Bran's going to be a wizard. Could he possess the dragons? Oh, Could he? Because you're going to fly now. Is oh, he? His fuck. What if? I never thought of that. What if that's why the uh, the black dragon is kind of like missing? Is what if the black dragon shows up? And Bran is like takes control of the Black Dragon. And Bran could wipe out the South in like one big swoop. If Bran can take over control of a dragon, he is now the most powerful man in this universe. Like oh, he's yeah. he's the most powerful. You know, every every army should tremble before him because he's an army of one. But that army, like, because also it's you know. Is this is also a universe where dragons, you know, it, dragons to them are like what the dodo bird is to us. You know, it's like, yeah, they were around for a Sorry. while and that, and now they're dead. Sorry, mind just blown. Uh-oh. Did, if, I, did I blow your mind? Uh, nerd idea here. Okay, okay. Let's take it beyond dragons. Let's say there's this army marching against the north trying to kill Bran, like, you know, maybe that b- boy that brainwashed the Ironborn kid. Uh Maybe Bran just takes control of him and makes him kill himself. Maybe Bran starts walking in those bodies and starts making generals of armies kill themselves, or 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 ordering the men to 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 do what like you know his yeah. his will. Yeah, I mean you could shape the future of the realm just by possessing people. Right. So a lot of questions left. I mean, this is one thing. No wrap up on Sansa's storyline whatsoever. Absolutely not. Is uh, <clears throat> but this is typical. This this is what Game of Thrones does best. Is it leaves you wanting more and it leaves you asking questions. And that is exactly what the season finale did. So we're gonna have to wait uh, for another year before we know what the hell happens. So uh, this is really I'm kind of upset we didn't have our intro music because this is the last time we're uh, we're we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. No, Sam, this is the part of the show where we play Diana Ross, and I know we had talked about me trying to sing it before uh, when we were doing prep. I'm just not going to do it. I'm coming. Yeah, no shit. Your parents also already know. I'm coming out. Yeah. I know. Set the world on fire. Okay, stop. I don't know these words because I'm right. Coming. Okay, coming out on DVD this week. Uh, 
got a got a couple uh, there are movies coming out like okay first off uh if you do not have netflix uh don't worry because the most popular show on netflix and possibly the united states uh house of cards uh i believe i don't know which season it 2013 i believe that was season two sure there's yeah, a season new, two. There's a new... Oh, shit. It says it right there. Season two of House of Cards comes out on DVD this week. So if you don't have Netflix and you haven't been able to watch it, definitely pick it up. Uh, House of Cards is one of those shows that w- it's like it's like, it's like like Pringles. Once, once you start, you can't stop. Also coming out on uh, DVD this week is Walk of Shame. This is uh, the uh, Elizabeth Banks movie where she has a one-night stand and then has to... Get across town for the interview of a lifetime. That's why you don't go out and get drunk the night before a job interview. Right. Uh, also coming out on DVD this week is Joe. Uh, simply named Joe. This is a Nick Cage movie. Uh, an ex-con who is the unlikeliest of role models meets a 15-year-old boy and is faced with the choice of redemption or ruin. I sound really fucked up. Yeah. An ex-con meets a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. That's the plot premise? Yeah. And then he has to either lead this kid, show this kid a path of good and honesty or ruin this kid's life. Uh, finally, this is the one that I'm most excited about. It's a Wes Anderson film, so I, I, I'm sure it's, it's great. I've heard a lot of great things. The Grand Budapest Hotel is out on DVD. Is uh, I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. Of course, Wes Anderson, uh, his other films, of course, include uh, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaum, The Life Aquatic, that one on the train that I can't say the title of. The Darjeeling Limited. There it is. Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, I forgot about Moonrise Kingdom. That was another good one. Weird movie. It was really... No, I didn't think it was weird. It, like, is is it was shot a lot like a play. Honestly, I... What what's weird is I like the Life Aquatic and I know a lot of people. Oh, it's don't, so good! It's one of my like favorites. It's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Do we give the interns guns? <laughs> like, I love that line. Uh, but so this is his newest film, Grand Budapest Hotel, and just like uh, you know, all those other movies we just mentioned is is he, Bill Murray must love working with him. Yeah, is is he uses the same cast? Uh, now I don't think because I'm looking on IMDb and I'm looking at the cast and like Bill Murray isn't a top build actor. In this film, uh, so I think you know, even even though I've seen previews and I know he's in it, uh, I think he's trying to maybe get a new cast of guys in there. But still, is I think I think it's going to be a great great film. So that is what is coming out on DVD uh, today, Tuesday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, or if you're listening to this at another point in time, these movies are on DVD now. Sam, what is coming out in comic books? All right. In comic books, on the Marvel side, uh, continuing their big summer story arc, we have Original Sin number four. One hero goes rogue, another loses his head. Wait, hold on. Because the the, the Deadpool comics that I just picked up today, don't those say Original Sin on them? Yeah, but... they do like spinoff series of like all their big summer series that involve certain heroes. So you have like original sin X Men, original sin Avengers going on right now. So what? So what? So this is like the main main story arc that like ties everything together. Okay, so then what's going on with the Deadpool series? And then he's off on his own thing that will somehow tie so loosely into the original sin. I guess I will just have to read the comics and find out. Yes. Woe is me. <laughs> but getting back to my thing. 
One hero goes rogue, another loses his head. Doctor Strange and the Punisher team up for a daring raid, and all trails lead to one suspect. But he, how is that even possible? So we're getting closer as to the person who's been unraveling all the naughty and dirty secrets of the universe and making things hellish because they killed Utu the Watcher and really screwed up everything in the Marvel Universe. I don't know who Utu the Watcher is. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who that is. Oh, my gosh. Cosmic being really powerful. He's dead. You know what, Sam? I don't appreciate your tone. I don't appreciate you not knowing your comic books. You know, you know... No, I don't Fuck. know, Jeff. Why don't Why don't you tell me what I don't I, know? I, look, I said I've said this before in other episodes, and I'll say it again: is you know I'm kind of new to comic books. I didn't grow up reading comic books. It is is wasn't until really I started hanging out with Joe, uh, who co-founded the network with me and uh, who was uh, the host of the Editing Bay. Is it wasn't until really I started hanging out with him that I really started getting into comics. So for me. Comics are still somewhat new, and that's why I recruited you for this show. Is because I know you're you're way more into it than I am. So you know, I have no shame in saying that. Is you know, is that I'm a late bloomer when it comes to comics. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. That's right. I'm gonna get that fucking ball in the end zone, Coach. You can count on me. Put me in. All right, next up. So, yeah, I have questions from time to time about comics. Leave me the fuck alone, all right, Sam? <laughs> next up on the Marvel slate, uh, just a personal favorite of mine. I love this character. Daredevil number four. See, and Affleck ruined it for me. Blind Lawyer from Hell's Kitchen with superhuman senses. I, I got to read a comic or two because I know the comics are way better than the movie, but... Just whenever I hear Daredevil, the first thing I think of is fucking Colin Farrell. Bullseye. I'm not saying Bullseye is a bad like character. I'm just saying the way he portrayed him. Well, in Daredevil number four, the owl is back, but he's not working alone. Watch as the Daredevil team permanently redefines one of DD's oldest enemies, deadlier than ever. Plus, whatever happened to Foggy Nelson? I don't know, Sam. Stop asking. Well, that's what I wanted to figure out because... Last time we left Foggy Nelson, he was half dead in New York battling cancer, poor guy. And what does Daredevil do? He packs up shop and moves off to San Francisco, and you never know what happens to him. Well, I don't know. I guess you're not to read this month's issue. All right. On the DC side, we have Batman Superman number 12. I'm just kind of doing this because, like, you know, Batman Superman movie yeah, coming out. Yeah, the movie. And I guarantee you the comic's going to be way better than the movie's going to be. A new arc begins following the events of First Contact. The worlds of Batman and Superman come to an explosive clash as something terrible happens to the world's finest team. And the Dark Knight, who is not quite himself, must team up with Lois Lane to find a missing Man of Steel. Meanwhile, Selina Kyle... For those of you like Jeff who don't know who that is, that'd be Catwoman. I never said I didn't know who that was. Meanwhile, Selena Kyle encounters a person but I didn't. of amazing strength who has no idea who he is. Oh. Maybe this is Superman without his memory. Could be interesting. I think it's sort of a cool story. Could be. Could be. All right. Finally, on the DC side, we have Grayson number one. Dick Grayson, former sidekick, former superhero, former dead man, and now agent of Spira. A thrilling new chapter of Dick Grayson's life begins in this new ongoing series. It's a super spy thriller that will shock you and prove one thing. You might know Nightwing, but you don't know Dick. 
I did not write that final line, I would like okay. to say. Um, this is interesting because Dick Grayson uh, was the original Robin. He was always Batman's sidekick. When he got older, he grew up. And um, he portrayed Nightwing, who was still kind of a Batman-esque character. Yeah. But in this new comic book, they got him drawn kind of like Jason Bourne wielding a gun with a laser sight on it. Hmm. This is kind of a radical way to take this character because he's always kind of been like this kind of like badass more like hipster version of Batman, if you will. Right. And now you got him playing Secret Agent Man. Is this the one where you showed me the cover and then just, just like with Robin, like just like, hey, let's just draw Robin like full on like upward shot of his crotch. Is no. It? Okay. No. This is Dick Grayson looking, like I said, like Jason Bourne and okay. Kevlar and Okay. That cover that you showed me. I don't I forget I forget which book you said it was for, but Jesus. So before the show started, I was I was scrolling through DC's website on their graphic novels they're coming out with, and they're doing this Batman Robin, I guess, graphic novel, and the front art is Dick Grayson, spread eagle. Spread eagle, upward. Not, like, not, not in the long green pants, but in the short, tight-fitting well, green yeah. shorts, like spread eagle, and Batman's right behind him with a big grin on his face. <laughs> you want to talk about messed up? I know. I was like, I was like, wow, this is probably the most messed up comic book art I've seen in a while. There's a reason why their films didn't do so good. All right, Jeff, uh, what's coming out in theaters? Coming this out week? in theaters, not a whole lot. Uh, this one is a limited release, so check your local listings if it is in a city near you. Uh, this film is uh, called uh, Third Person. Stars uh, Liam Neeson and Mila Kunis and uh, Adrian uh, Brody. Uh, three interlock, uh, in three interlocking love stories involving three couples in three cities: Rome, Paris, and New York. So this looks like uh, a drama romance thing. Uh, this film I hadn't heard of it until today. Uh, the big name star in this is Kevin Hart. Think like a man too, and that's not like the number two. This is T O O two. All the couples are back for a wedding in. Oh, so I guess this is a this there is was, a sequel. There was a se- there was an original film called Think Like a Man. Okay, well, if you saw that one, you're probably gonna want to see this one. I completely missed it, but uh, all the couples from Think Like a Man are back for a wedding in Vegas. But of course, plans for a romantic weekend go awry when their various misadventures get them into some uh, compromising situations that threaten to derail the big event. All right, this was the, uh, I guess you could say, like, the biggest one that is coming out uh, uh, this week. Jersey Boys. Uh, this, of course, is the adaptation of the... Uh, Hit Broadway right. musical. Right, which I've heard fantastic things about the Broadway play. Based on the life of Frankie Valance in the Four Seasons. That's right, and... Directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, okay, so first of all, is let's think about this. What was the last Broadway play that was turned into a movie? Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Les Mis Rob. Did that come out after Rock of Ages? Mm-hmm. Huge hit. Got nominated for a lot of. Well, no, no, I, I, I know Les Mis did, but I, I'm just trying to think like of the timeline. Like I really thought Rock of Ages came out after Les Mis. Okay, so before Les Mis, uh, basically, look is. Rock of a and, and and even even I heard some criticism for Les Mis is when you take a play and ad, adapt it to the big screen is you know is sometimes you can lose a lot of things and you know after Rock of Ages I never saw it because everyone's like told me like 
if you want to see this, do not see because I do want to watch it. But they're like, you know, don't know, don't watch the movie. Wait for the music. Wait, wait, wait for it to come into pretty town. Pretty cool. The rest of the the acting, not so much. Right. And so, Jersey Boys. This is what really made me nervous is that it's directed by Clint Eastwood. Hey, man, the guy is d- Grand Torino. Yeah, okay. Flags of Our Fathers. Okay, Flags of Our Father was really good and really fucking depressing. Uh, Gran Torino, like, I don't know. Like, part, There are parts of Gran Torino where I was like, did he just want to make a movie so he can be racist? Sam, don't don't get up and leave the table. I mean, fuck. Gran Torino is a beautifully masterpiece of a film. I love that movie. The song... The music, the tone, the settings. A man who sacrifices himself. Well, no, there were a lot of good things about Gran Torino, but like the the, the other problem I have with Gran Torino is that was like right around the time, right when uh, he gave the uh, speech at the RNC convention, and uh, and like was talking to the empty, the invisible Obama, and like was just like, okay, wow, Clint Eastwood might be a little bit batshit crazy. No, that wasn't. That came out years before that. Was it? But he hadn't done anything since then, had he? Are you kidding? I don't know. I don't follow Clint Eastwood. I'm not a big Clint Eastwood fan. It's like, look, I respect the man. I think he did some. Gr- he's done some great films. Like I said, Flags of Our Father, I thought was an amazing film. Unforgiven. Yeah, I mean, but it's just when I think of Clint Eastwood, I don't think of a musical. I don't know if maybe he, he's a big fan of Frankie Valance in the Four Seasons, but. But does that mean so? Then take a producing credit, take an executive producing but he's credit. He's shown that he has a good hand at directing, right? But not at musicals. This is a musical. Like I have a hard time believing that Clint Eastwood's going to sit behind the camera and be looking through it and be like, "No, we need to adjust the dance moves." Like I don't see him doing that. Challenge, Jeff. All right, challenge. What is it? You accepting my challenge? No, I want to hear what it is first. Because like you might challenge me to go up to my rooftop and jump off the roof. No. You got to tell me the movie, challenge. Movie challenge. Okay. I challenge you to go see this film this weekend and tell me whether you think Clint Eastwood did a good job on it or not. I can't because this movie comes out Friday. I have to work Friday night. Then I work Saturday night. Then I work Sunday night. I'm not going to get up early so I can go sit in a the movie theater for 134 minutes and then go work a 12-hour shift. Fine. Fuck that. On your day off, I challenge you to go see this film. Oh, okay. So on my day off when everyone comes over and records on Monday, or should I do it when everyone comes over and records on Tuesday, or should I do it when everyone comes over and records on Wednesday? I still challenge you to go see this film at some point. Look, I want to see it. I, 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 like, I like Jersey Boys. I love that music. I'm just, I'm just, I'm expressing my concern is, is, is Clint Eastwood is not known for music. You can't just. I can't just what? You can't just put him in one corner and be like, well, you're no, only going to direct action or drama films. No. Because no, you're, because you're, because you're typecasting him as a, as a director. Yeah, I am. You're absolutely right. Because stick to what you know. Like. For all we know, this could be like the greatest musical in the world. You're absolutely right. It could be. But the also the other fact that... But I'm, it's not because it's the Blues Brothers. But still. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. All right. Here. Let me let me read you this, Sam. Uh, and, and I have not read this. 
Uh, but this is from IMDb, and uh, underneath the Jersey Boys, this they say this is the buzz. It's always a risk to pull a musical offstage in an attempt to make uh, to make filmed entertainment. But it's also a it, stop stop distracting me. But it's also a non-brainer to oh shit. A no-brainer? No-brainer. I don't know why I said non. Uh, but it's also a no-brainer to hand over this particular story, essentially a four-character uh, four biography to an established director. Oh, shit. This is really starting to bite me in the ass. Maybe I don't want to continue reading this. Uh, does that mean we think Clint Eastwood was the right choice to help make the project? Aha! No! We don't think it's near impossible to uh, market a musical with no... Stars, yes. And if we're uh, at all correct, we think uh, this explains the lack of a push for this summer's uh, release, which might have done better in the fall. So even the critics on IMDb are saying that that Clint Eastwood would not have been their first choice. My guess is, is he put up a shit ton of money to help produce this movie and then was like, fuck it, I'm going to direct this shit. And if you want to continue to have my support as an as a executive producer, then I'm going to need to direct it. That's my opinion. I don't know if that's true or not. Sam, we've gone over our uh, our a lot of time limit. Uh, real quick, do you have anything for? Oh shit, I forgot. Job interview on Tuesday. Wish me luck. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fuck it. All right. Uh, I don't have anything for that. Uh, so Sam, close us out. Ditch the herd. Be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friends. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.